Since 1871, Joseph's Jewelers has helped generations of families celebrate life's biggest moments with meaningful jewelry. Joseph's has been in the jewelry industry for over 150 years, allowing them to help customers create the ideal piece for any budget. So whether you've been going to Joseph's for years or you're a new customer, they always make sure you get the best value for your dollar. It's a value their customers really appreciate. Without question, Joseph's. Welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Iowa's For Love of Animals podcast. Here are your hosts, Carol and Dan. Welcome to the For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. Hello. Welcome back to a new week. Lots of fun animal stuff. And it's sunny and the snow's melting. That's right. It's right. But I had a moment. So... (laughs) About two hours ago, before I came here, I was at home, and I, you know, it is sunny, and the snow is melting, and it's bright, and da-da-da, and I was on a phone call, and I was pacing, which is a normal thing for right. me. And I, you know how you, like, know something's looking at you? Yes. And you're like, but it's still, you know, so, like, I walk out onto an enclosed porch, and just... Like it took me a second, and I, there's <laughs> eyes looking at me, and it's my, it's the new cat that wandered up, Duke, that I was ah. talking about last week, and he's literally sitting on a patio table, looking like right in the glass, like two inches from it, inside <laughs> my house, and it made me jump. Like I'm serious, I was, I still feel like <laughs> shaky from it. It was like, oh my god, here they are. He was looking at the cafeteria lady. I guess, and then so he sees me looking at him. He jumps off the table. He sprints and dodges through the cat door into the garage, which is where I have him set up, the heated garage, heated attic, you Mm -hmm. know, blah, 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 with the winter. And then uh, I look at him and I'm thinking, he's barely going to fit through that door. Is he going to get stuck? (laughs) He is big. I mean, and then uh, probably 20 minutes later, so I try to get my heart to go back to a normal rate. It's kind of like who's looking at me? You know, it's like the movie scream or something. I just feel like, and then about 20 minutes later, I'm like walking patients more on another work call, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he and Daisy are sitting next to each other. Oh, so they're friends now. Yeah. They're friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to get him into the trap because he needs to get neutered and shots. And yep. I, I've been going back and forth, like, you know, if he ends up being friendly, you know, I should try to find him an inside home. But, like, now he's friends with Daisy. Yeah. They're I friends. Mean, he, I mean, he's he's an outside cat, right? Well, he, at this point, if you even look at him, he runs and yeah. dodges. But uh, So I assume he's going to end up being a house uh, uh, outside cat. Right. Um, and it's great if him and Daisy are friends. I love that because right. I kind of always felt bad she's by herself. And she's, they seem quite happy, except she's like little and petite, tortoiseshell. She's already spayed. She's got her ear tip. She's all right. current on her shots, microchip to me, the whole deal. He's huge. Like, really. cat. Oh, my gosh. He's huge. He's orange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Daisy Duke. Well, there you go. For those of you who knew, like, what was that show? Duke's a Hazard. Duke's a Hazard. Yeah. Yeah. You've acquired another... <laughs> four-legged feline. I have, and they eat so much, Dan. (laughs) They just eat so much. And it's fine. It's just, I feel like, 
I'm doing a buffet, and I feel like you're the lunch lady. I am the, the lunch lady. lady. I am the lunch lady, and then I worry like they're not going to tell some more friends, are they? Like, <laughs> and I'm going to get overrun with these outside cats. I like cats I, are going to come in from Newton. I know. I feel like that. I really feel like that. I just he's adorable. Don't get me wrong. And if he and Daisy get along, that's great. I did not want him scaring her off or. She's been there almost a year, so... Yeah, you were like, worried about that at first. I was very worried about it at first, but it seems that it's... I mean, the fact they're sitting next to each other... Yeah, they wouldn't do that if they great didn't want thing. to. Yeah, they, yeah, for you sure. Know, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but... There you go. Uh, speaking of outside community cats, there's an adorable story that you found um, about a bakery... Uh, in South Carolina, where Chunky, who's a neighborhood cat, <laughs> which is a great name, oh, it's maybe adorable. that's what you should have named. I know, yours. maybe I should have named Duke Chunky because he's huge. <laughs> I seriously was like, How are you gonna fit through that door? But he did. Um, and he shows up at the donut shop called Chicken Butt Donuts, which is awesome. That's adorable, too. First thing in the morning, he must hear the smell or smell the smell, and so they they he shows up. He's like the first one in line. Yeah, he's waiting. The photo is hilarious. It's adorable. It looks like it looks like uh, Duke at your window. Actually, it does. It <laughs> does. God, that just brings back a whole bunch of trauma right there. <laughs> looking at that photo. I'm, uh, yeah. So anyway, they uh, they the they people at the donut shop in South Carolina again, chicken butt donuts. They say the line forms behind him. So yeah, they let him in they, first. They let him in first. They it's get hilarious. him a donut. He's got a collar on. I, d- I wondered about that. If the neighbors, I bet the neighbors or like his owners are probably like, why, why does this cat want out every right. day? <laughs> and he's like going to get his donuts. <laughs> and when you look at him, you kind of see why his name is Chunky. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a big boy, but yeah, it's an adorable 100%. story. Absolutely adorable. So very cute. And as we're sitting here this morning, we have a wonderful special guest with us this morning. We do. Yes, we do. I'll let you do the honors. Uh, Yes, my good, good friend and first radio husband. Sorry. that's all right. Uh, Mick McAuliffe is with us now. So Mick and I did Companion Connection for five years. We did. Together, yes. And uh, so Mick is back and we're going to be talking to him today. So. you know I didn't leave you on purpose. I know. <laughs> I know. I had an accident and hit my head. And yes. Yeah. And I'm back in the working world now. So Good. We, we never, uh, of course, we never shared that because that's not our news to share. But yep. I had a lot of people asking all the time, where's Mick? Yeah. And I'd be like, he's he's all right. You know, but um, that's what happened for all of you that have been yep. wondering. Yeah. So, Lots of people yes. have asked me too. Yeah. I suffered a brain injury. Yeah. Bottom line, mm-hmm. three years later, I'm... Able to get around, right? Yeah, that's so good. I'm very Takes lucky. A while. Very lucky. Yes, mm-hmm. and we're back for you. You're a volunteer at the Animal Rescue League. You're doing yep. lots of Love it. great work for us, as always, helping with dogs and all sorts of stuff. I know you help move dogs into the new building and mm-hmm. and all that. And now we're going to have Mick on once in a while for us. We'll see how often we can get that worked out. Yeah. Where he could be here talking about dogs and dog behavior and lots of other stuff. 
Happy to. Yes. So great to have you. No, Mick also did a lot with uh, horses and clicker training, came out to my Mm -hmm. house. And so I learned a lot about clicker training. So we'll talk about that either today or in an upcoming episode. Yeah, it's super interesting. So, you know, I learned everything I know from him. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't think. No, I do. We're going to (laughs) talk further to Mick about what his background is because it's so, I mean, he's world renowned. I mean, people don't realize that sitting in Iowa, we have. Him here, we're very lucky. I agree. But we also need to talk about your newly discovered species, and before we get to, oh yeah, okay. So last week it was very ugly. <laughs> and Mick, let me tell you what, he never picks something cute ever. <laughs> They're all cute. It just depends how you well, look at it. Well, that's that's what I thought last week, and, and it's, not so much. No, it's ugly. That's that was last week's. Okay, fair call. <laughs> and what was not last pretty. week's? Remind? Okay, so. Now I have to think about how to say this. Yeah. Capra Potoceros. Cap Capra oh, Potoceros. Yeah. Kamatachi. Mm. It was it was found in uh the water, obviously, off the shore of Japan. So that's where the Kamatachi comes from. But yep. um So what do you got for us this ugly. week? Let's make it cute. Well, this week I don't the photo won't load for me. Okay. But it's a newt. N E W T. So right. those are all almost right. always cute. Yeah. Uh, but this is a knock Lynn crocodile newt. It was the 39th species of crocodile newt to be sc- uh, to be discovered. It's six centimeters in length, so it's super tiny. That's excluding the tail. Uh, it's distinguished from its closest relatives by its coloration and the arrangement of its knob-like glandular warts. So, okay, warts are bumpy or newts are bumpy. So that's why it has that. But yeah. Uh, they found it in uh, Nature Reserve in the Central Highlands in Vietnam uh, at elevations between uh, 1,800 meters and 2,300 meters. And individuals were found hiding under rotten logs or in moss close to water. So there's your new, newly discovered mm. species in 2023. Okay, not quite as hideous as last week. And and I, I will don't think say, anything will top last <laughs> week, seriously, <laughs> like that. And I will say, maybe not cute, but again, we're all about kindness. Right, we it serves every a purpose. Species. Exactly, mm-hmm. so all good. But yes, leave yeah. them alone, leave them where they belong. Right. And don't touch it because it's ugly. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And normally, the prettier something is, the more poisonous or venomous. <laughs> the deadlier it is. The deadlier yeah. Right, exactly. Huh, there's a lot of jokes that could be made right there <laughs> yeah. from me, a it's female, all true. but I'm going to let it go. <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we also want to quickly mention we are in Apple selling mode. Yes. Um, so we talked about this before. All of the pre-ordering is, is, is done, but... They actually, because of the the hype over the boxes that you could buy for the dog boxes or the cat boxes, it comes with like a sweatshirt. Um, if it's a dog box, it comes with a dog apple along with a human apple. And then the cat comes with cat treats, obviously. Uh, but because of the popularity of them, they actually ordered a whole bunch more. So they're still selling Valentine apples. If you didn't get on the, on the pre-order, go to arl-iowa.org, click on events, and you'll see the the banner there for um, the gourmet apples. Click that, and you can buy single single apples or the boxes if if they still have them. I don't know; they may already be gone. Right. I'm not even sure. But if you if you want apples, you better get them now. Yeah, absolutely. And w- if you pre ordered them, you can go pick them up. They're, you, they're right. available for pickup right now. Yep. www.arl-iowa.org. Be sure and check that out and get them ordered. They're so delicious; it's crazy. I know. So, I yeah. picked mine up and. Uh, Actually, 
uh, somebody donated something. I went and picked it up and I gave him an apple. Oh, you're so they nice. Because they were in my car and I was like, okay, now now's the time I have to get rid of all yeah, these. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> Mick and I are like... Do you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're in my fridge. Come, come over, and you can you can take all of them. <laughs> I eat the chocolate and the caramel, mm. and let my wife eat the apple. Yeah, good. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> good thinking, right there. Good thinking. I look after. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's very appreciative. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and we also want to say a big. Happy birthday to our Benny boy. Yeah, Benny the office Benny, cat. Benny the office cat. He turned or pod cat. nine on oh. Saturday. So he's nine. And uh, send in some pictures to Bernie, producer Bernie, to load up on the ARL for Love of Animals Facebook page. But yes. Yes. He had a homemade cat birthday cake. He had a birthday hat. He oh had, yeah, he got nice. lots of presents. It and he loves the celebration. The accessories that they put on it. Loves him. it. Yeah, he, it. yeah, and it's funny because Mick knows I, yeah. Halloween costumes for their pets drive me crazy. It's right. like a hot button for me. Not that I don't think they should be dressed up if they're comfortable, but we had yes. lots of conversations, didn't we, Mick, about this? Because people put these heavy, heavy. It's one of my first things, you know, heavy costumes on these poor dogs, and they can't walk. I'm like that is not cute. That is not cute. But animals who love that sort of thing, yep. and Benny's one of them. That's great, and. Mick, I know you talk a lot about how you get pe- get pets used to those accessories. That's the thing, and we may like it, and it may look funny and cute, but when they freeze right, and can't move, it's not, oh, okay, they're good with it, they're shut down. Yeah. It's that scary for them. Right. And hardest thing for me is seeing videos and everyone's laughing and the animal's actually in emotional distress. Right. So if they even turn away or move away, it's much like us. No, I don't really want that yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can make it positive and you can make it fun. You do a slow introduction and, right. you know, have fun with it. And some animals will and some animals won't. I used to have a cat that you'd pull out. He had a dressing box. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and you'd pull an item out and he'd meow and come up and rub on you, like dress me up. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it depends on all individuals. Absolutely. Right. And I one thing I've always appreciated about you, Mick, when you've talked about Halloween costumes and just is that you've pointed that out that they are shutting down or they're mm-hmm. not necessarily enjoying it. And so we have to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. But Benny Benny loves his stuff. Yeah, he, he loves it. Yeah, he does. That scarf that he had on that one time when I was here. Yeah. It was hilarious. And he loved it. Yeah. 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 He was running around this whole place. <laughs> he's uh he's got his Valentine. Uh, collar on right now. Yeah, so. I, saw I saw that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's very cute. He has a whole wardrobe. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, happy birthday to Benny. You know, we're gonna take a break. Uh, All right. When we come back, we're gonna have a whole bunch of time with Mick, and we're just gonna pummel questions at him. There we so, go. Here we go. So we'll be back in just a minute. Come back with us, please. The ARL's most delicious annual gourmet apple sale is back. These dipped apples made with fresh ingredients from Chocolate Storybook and homemade caramel from Iowa Orchard are the perfect gift to spoil yourself or your Valentine. They make a great treat for your office or co-workers too. Don't forget about your four-legged Valentine. We also have pet apples. The sale from each apple helps provide care for an animal in our care for a day. Order your human or pet apple online today at arl-iowa.org apples. At Raina Immer Falls State Farm Agency, we grow our family tree by the three H's, heart, head, and humor. We build trust with our customers, 
Use our knowledge of the industry to get you the personalized insurance plan you and your family or business need and humor because life's too short not to laugh. Quotes for Good is our way of giving back. We've partnered with the ARL. Mention the ARL and we will donate $10 to the organization. Call us at 515-217-3053. Welcome back to For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. Hello. And we have our special guest, Mick McAuliffe, in the studio with us ooh, today. Ooh. So Hello. We're very excited about that. So I should have told someone to put... Uh, Applause. Uh, oh, yeah, I have that one, but I don't know where it's at. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the wow, I, should, we wow. Need to, I know, feel so good about myself right now. Hold on, I'll find it. Yeah. It's okay, Dan. Um, it's the moment's over. gone. Yeah, it's over. The but thank gone. you. But thank you. Anywho, there we are. <laughs> there we um, go. I should. Okay, stop. Uh, <laughs> I should. I should have him record uh, something. That you say in Australia. What do you always say in Australia when you meet, see someone? G'day. G'day. G'day, mate. That's G'day, right. Mate. He's, yeah. he's the voice of the Australian exhibit at the Blank Park Zoo. Did you uh, know really? that? You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that's, that. That's so, Mick. Oh, my the, gosh. Since that exhibit opened. Yeah. yeah. That was back. fairly new, isn't it? Uh, Ish. Not now. Probably no. 10-ish. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. I didn't Get know. with yeah. it, Dan. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> We're not giving any applause button for you. <laughs> wow. No, that will be, you know, one of those. Whoops. The rim shot one. Where's that one at? That there one. There we go. There we go. You need to label those so you or know. sad trombone. That's probably. That's better. Yeah. That's, that's better. Yeah. So, Mick. Anyway. I, of course, know a ton about you because I'm lucky, uh, but talk a little bit about your background with animals. Because seriously, when I say world-renowned, like that's actually true, and I know you're humble, blah, blah, blah. Put that <laughs> aside and just give us your background here. Wow. For the um, listeners. For 36, 30-plus 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few years under my belt. <laughs> um, I've been lucky enough to work, uh, started with domestics, Actually, I started with detection dogs for the military, but they were doing positive reinforcement, reward-based, no pinch collars, no electric collars. For those that don't know, in Australia, they're illegal. It's amazing. Yeah, it's which, amazing. Yeah, they should be everywhere, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And so I was, yeah, not everything was fantastic, but it was, you know, compared to what we learned later on. Right, better than the alternative anyway. Yeah, it was a good start. Um, then I was lucky enough to go overseas. I've worked um, detection dogs, explosive detection in England, Saudi Arabia, and um, you were in Beirut too, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, taught in Japan, taught yeah. in China, um, but I went to for the United Nations. Mm-hmm. Went to Beirut to do stress reduction with their um, their detection dogs that they have on the entry to the United Nations. Ah, okay. Because they do hundreds of cars every morning and afternoon and so on. Um, But that's why I was with the Animal Rescue League. We'll go, I was with the (laughs) Animal Rescue League. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then I worked marine mammals at SeaWorld Australia. Um, But I was doing dogs, cats, birds and horses. Um, Was a bird keeper or head bird keeper and trainer for 130 native and exotics. Did the first ever... In the world, actually, um, parrot play schools. Where oh, my pe- gosh. Yeah, where people have um, puppy classes and kitten classes. I went, well, why can't we do this with birds? So people would bring their birds in. They had the appropriate disease 
testing, of course. Mm -hmm. And we would teach them how to do positive reinforcement with their pet parrots, everything from cockatoos to cockatiels. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh, that's fun. Yeah, um, it was fun, actually. Um, And then, yeah, so way back when um, with one of the first – with Dr. Kirsty Sexel, who's a veterinary behaviourist in Australia, and reason why we have the age group of puppies now, mm-hmm. um, I actually did way back when um, puppy observation studies when she was doing her doctorates, and mm. so I've been around a while. Yeah, but had very good mentors, travelled through the states, and like I said, been lucky enough to teach and learn around the world. And um, my big thing, well, I've come came to the Iowa, the Animal yeah, Rescue League. which is where we found you, yeah. actually. <laughs> I was doing a lecture on enrichment in Illinois. You were. And our CEO, yep. Tom Coleman, turned around to me and said, yeah, we got to hire that guy. <laughs> yeah. And we got you to come to the ARL. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about what you brought with you and still to this day just continues on a continuum is the enrichment yeah. part mm-hmm. for animals mm-hmm. sitting in shelters that you give them yep. enrichment. and. You really took that from zero to a thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, th- well, it takes all of us, you know. Yeah. Like, so. But you brought that expertise. Yeah, and that yeah that came from my SeaWorld days, um, and we don't have orcas in Australia. <laughs> They're all second generation or captive bred. I worked in the area with strandings and rescues, and taught husbandry behaviours and what husbandry behaviours are is what you teach to get blood draws and to handle and to touch and do mouth exams and, you know, all the fun. I consider that fun stuff, not the show stuff. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not into that. I'm into the, like, where I'm currently working at Blank Park. Um, you know, we work with animals to be touched or hoof trims with the giraffes mm-hmm. and all that sort of good stuff. But we'll get onto that later if we like. But Yeah. Um, so I'm big on voluntary like the animals saying, yes, I don't mind this being done because there's a great or positive association with it, but with the stress reduction of living in our world, you know, the most neglected, enriched or least enriched animal is our family, cats and dogs. Yeah. It's so true because we just, we get them and we interact with them, but then we don't really do anything with them, Ah, right? It's better now with puzzles and toys and, you know, but... Um, I've been around, like I said, for a long time and it was mandated for, to do it for in zoological facilities and I've went in, I've worked in shelters in Australia and it w- didn't exist. Yeah. And, they, and again, that's where I went, well, why not? So we started there and we expanded that and then when I come to the States we did more and yeah. Yeah. So I did that and... Like Dan was saying, Beirut, Lebanon, so I've been known. So people <laughs> reach out and say, do you want to come and – so I took two weeks holiday and went to Beirut, as you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, worked worked with the United Nations there and been to Afghanistan and that was a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. I love so. this stuff. It's, make it, it's, it's life-changing – things for the animals and like you look at as great of a shelter as the animal rescue league is you bring in those things like the enrichment mm-hmm. that you brought in not only for dogs and cats but also like the horses in the barn and da 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 and what chickens you, and chickens right. doesn't matter absolutely yeah. and it just changes up their mental state 
so to speak, yeah. while they're in a shelter waiting for a home. Yeah, and as like you said, one of the nicest facilities I've seen, mm-hmm. but it's still not a home. Right, right. exactly, you know? yeah. Um, and we're responsible for the not only their physical well-being, but their mental well-being. And the so, connection between the two, mm-hmm. yeah. Because for so many years, no matter what you looked at with animals, it was clean feed and disease control. Mm-hmm. And that whole mental aspect, that would be like us, okay, we, we can eat, have a shower, but you have nothing to stimulate your mind yep. other than maybe stress. Right. Being yeah, in a but, foreign environment. Right. So, yeah, that's a huge part and still today it still gets me excited and I'm still, you know, yeah, excited about what I don't know. Yeah. You know, I think I've said this before mm-hmm. when we're on the radio, but when I started this, they told they taught us that animals did not have emotions. And people would look at you now like you got two heads. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? But right. seriously, that <clears throat> was the teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that it's you know what are we going to learn in five years, ten years from now? Right. So the science behind everything now is phenomenal. Yeah. We just have to continually be constant learners. Yep. You know, I look at your comment about, you know, domestic cats and dogs and we, hey, we get them, we feed them, whatever. And um, now, like, we look at puzzle toys and, you know, I have different toys and I rotate the toys and, you know, just to keep them like all, you know, stimulated. And you and I wrote For Love of Cats. Yes. Book together. Uh, You did For Love of Dogs also um, on behalf of the Animal Rescue League. And I always have to say it, as you know, Mick, Mick and I made no money from those books. They all went (laughs) to the Animal Rescue League. Um, But those books really talk about this mental stimulation piece of it, which, you know, you brought with you uh, on the enrichment piece of it. So, you know, yeah. So I know you just get hammered with questions and but we get lots of behavior questions. Oh, for so sure. We, yeah, we do. Yeah. And we do our best to answer them. Um, now who's being humble? Well, listen, it's, <laughs> it's really your brain that sits right here. About I'm in your brain. Dog behavior stuff. And I'm like, what would Mick say? <laughs> What's a Mickism? Right. Mickism. And yeah. my favorite one that I heard from you throughout the years is if it's not a problem, it's not a problem. problem. Yeah. Because some people get uh, a dog or a cat or, you know, whatever, and they're like, oh, they can't do this or they can't do that. Shouldn't sleep on the bed for an example. Exactly. And I'm like, well, why not? Yeah. And they're like, well, they're not supposed to. And I'm like, but do you care? Who and said? they're like, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're like, no, I don't care. And I'm like, okay, well, then let them sleep in the bed yeah. or jump on the couch. if. Now, if they're growling at you and biting you and won't let you into bed, <laughs> right. maybe that's a problem. <laughs> right. Then tell them to get their own. Yeah. Um, but that's... One of my favorite things to tell people yeah. is if it's if if you don't care that your dog or cat is displaying some behavior, then it's fine. Yeah. You don't you don't have to correct anything. It's your house, right? Exactly. And your pet, exactly. Like, as long as he's to your point, not gonna hurt somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you obviously need to take intervention, but um, because people and trainers, sorry to cut you off. No, you're Peepers good. and trainers will say, "Well, animals should do this, and they shouldn't do that." Mm-hmm. And, Nah. Right. Let's enjoy them. Right. You know? And if they're doing it uh, naturally because yep. they want to, then let them do it yep. as long as it's not hurting something. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the questions we often yes. get submitted is my dog is barking excessively at mm-hmm. somebody walking down the street. Uh, they think it's a car. Or they hear a sound. 
How do you get them to stop the constant barking over the slightest noise? Don't get a dachshund. <laughs> <laughs> or a chihuahua. <laughs> Little dogs have a tendency to believe to bark more. But Yes, they do. Yeah. What happens is it's a defensive behavior. So it's a natural behavior. I see something, I'm worried about it, I bark. And guess what? The postman goes away. Yeah. And the dog goes, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Look how tough I am. <laughs> yep. Um, so the first thing about behavior modification is, well, if it's a, any behavior, make sure there's no medical cause because we want oh, to yeah. rule out, you know, any medical. Then we know it's behavior. Yep. And it's annoying barking for, say, okay, <laughs> they're just doing what they're doing. They're dogs. Yep. But it can be annoying. I have one. <laughs> I have one. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have what we call a three bark rule in our house. She's taken it to six now, <laughs> but she's 10 and I go, okay. Right. Yeah. She can't yeah. count anymore. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And, um, but so what we do is you might, as in what I was saying is, well, you don't want to let the behavior occur. So can you shut the visual off? So therefore there's no trigger to the behavior. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to shut my curtains. Okay. There's always a way. We just got to try and figure that out. Yeah. But the best thing to do is actually give them some distance from the item so it's not triggering. So instead of them jump like being fully overstimulated, they won't listen. They're in such a high arousal state, you can put a stake in front of their face and they'll go, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm too. <laughs> it's so true. We'll use the postman because their body won't allow it. Um, their digest- like physically. Physically. Yes. Cannot. Right. They're, they're in fight or flight mm-hmm. and normally it, it's a fight mode. Um, they're not running away. They're being defensive mm-hmm. and their digestive system actually completely shuts down mm-hmm. and all the blood goes to the skeletal muscles and the brain to do those actions. Right. Then when they're calm enough, they can go back into eating. So what you're best to do is create a little bit of distance so they're sort of on their edge of arousal. And then say, look, postman, oh, look, here's a steak. Not a whole steak, but right. you know what I mean. Yeah. Yep. I normally use treats the size of my little fingernail mm-hmm. and not something they normally get. So it's like dishing out $100 bills. It's like, okay, what do you want me to do? Right. <laughs> but I actually teach the bark rule. So it's one, two, three. And then I actually say good dog because that's what I want them to do. I want my dogs to bark. If someone comes to my house. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You too. don't want them to be silent. Yeah. And we'll nap, you know, dogs bark. It's right. a natural thing. Exactly. They do it. Exactly. And then I interrupt it and redirect it. So thank you for telling me I'm all good. Now come over here and have these treats. Mm-hmm. So what they learn to do is associate, we'll use postman, post person. Yep. Is there they are, wolf, wolf, run and do something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I know if we're not home, we can't do that. So you have to train it whilst you are at home. Yep. Um, and that's where you use baby gates or put them in a different area so they're not got that stimuli right in their face because otherwise they're self-reinforcing. In other words, they're paying themselves. Mm-hmm. And that is so hard to change because we believe in their mind, I bark, post person walks away, I've won in the piggy bank. And they've also found that barking actually releases dopamines. Mm -hmm. So the dog goes, woof, woof. Oh, that felt good. Woof, woof, woof. Oh, that felt even better. And I won. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're getting this dopamines and 
reinforcement. It's like, cool, I'm just going to bark my head off. <laughs> right. And, and they do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to interrupt it, redirect it. Same, another way to put that for a human analogy, kids are drawing on the wall. Don't do that. Come and do that. So you have mm-hmm. to show them. We can't just expect them to stop. If you yell and scream, then you're both all barking at the postman, you know. <laughs> it just becomes a big mess. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And, it, you know, if it was easy, then I would never have had a job or had right. a job. right. But there are in our books and on the website for the Animal Rescue League at arl-iowa.org. He remembers. He does. <laughs> Tin is blood. Yeah, yeah, right. That's it. <laughs> and there's also on the there's help pages for dogs and cats and rabbits and Literally horses. Literally every species, species of domestic. Of, of domestic animal, yeah. Yep. Yep. And step by step. And, of course, then if you read through that and you still need some guidance, there's a helpline, there's yes. behaviour department. Yep. So, you know, um, I've worked in lots of different places and lots of shelters and I would put the ARL behaviour staff up against any behaviour staff that I know anywhere in the world. Oh, that's very nice. Yes. Thank you. So, yeah. Well, I trained them. You're so. kind of right. responsible. <laughs> I was just going to say you're kind of responsible <laughs> for self, that, though. Self-promotion <laughs> there. But no, I love it. No, no I told you are. we're not doing humble today. We're <laughs> yeah. just going to say how it is. So but I wouldn't recommend them if I wouldn't right. use them. Right, right, yeah, know? right. I, that's where I send everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, because they do a fabulous, fabulous job. Yep. So another. Yep, so that's, that's your start. Yes. Try not to let them bark, then change it so it becomes... A positive to stop. Be careful though. If they do bark, you interrupt it and they stop. Make sure they do something else before you pay them. Otherwise, they may think, oh, now I bark and I get a treat for it. So I'm going to do it more. So, oh, very good point. Yeah. So it's thank you. Or that's a, mine is that's enough. Good dog. Come over here. One, two, three, quiet or sit or whatever you, whatever you can do. Now you're a good dog. And the dog learns, oh, I've got to leave a big gap there. Otherwise they go, oh, I make more noise and get more treats. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you become a treat-motivated barking dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure people inadvertently yes. end up training that, right? You because they stop you and, they're, and they click right away yeah. and you're literally paying the dog for barking. Yeah, one of the coolest pair of tiny little silkies that i trained for or helped this lady. Silkies are chickens, right? Silky no, no, chickens? No. Silky he's, dogs. He's oh, silky the, terriers. Oh, ter- terriers, okay. Dan, Dan the chicken man. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah. he goes right to chickens. Chicken. Okay. <laughs> but she lived on a ground level apartment and people would walk past all the time and they would bark. Oh, yeah. And she kept forgetting to have a treat container nearby so she'd have to go to a fridge. But the dogs learned three barks, run to the refrigerator and sit. <laughs> so I love it. Hey, why it, not? Works. Yeah, it works. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yes. another question we get asked about a lot is digging. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, gee, I, not maybe not with the snow and ice, but in the summer and spring, yeah. uh, I let my dog out and he digs and digs and digs. How do I get him to stop? And I know we've had this one yep. before. So thoughts. What would you tell somebody? There's two types of holes <laughs> for dog digging. <laughs> Let me finish my sentence, Carol. <laughs> wow. This is a family show. show. I, was, I was going to three types with people. Not, <laughs> just, anyway, Anywho. 
So, <laughs> wow. Oh, I love it. So there's shallow digging holes, which normally they take the warm dirt off and it's cooler underneath. Mm-hmm. So it's a cooling okay. hole. And the other one is, or sorry, actually there's probably more because then you've got your deep digging hole and then you've got these little like, I guess you'd explain it like um, golf course where someone's been oh, doing yeah. chipping practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's normally grubs and bugs. So okay. they're actually just scratching the surface to look where they are. Yeah, okay. So there's normally a reason why they like to dig and digging is also another dopamine releaser mm-hmm. and it's fun and it's cool um, in your lovely <laughs> new <laughs> veggie garden that you just did. Exactly. <laughs> so, again, try not to let the – do put some physical barriers up at first. Um if it's near a fence line, I normally lay chicken wire or mesh uh, underground or at ground level and mm-hmm. cover it up so I can still mow. So it's a deterrent factor. Even if you have a deterrent factor, there are dogs that like to dig and it's just something they do, you know. Um, depending on the individual, some people like to work on cars, they like to work on houses, they right. like to garden, whatever it may be. Your yep. dog has things it likes to do. And digging, again, is a natural behaviour. So my recommendation is give them somewhere to dig. I've had, I love that. I know, you me know, too. I love it. It's You do it for your kids. Right. They <laughs> so, got, they've got sandboxes. They've yep. got right. playground equipment, you know. Yeah. yeah. I have digging pits for my chickens. I do yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So why not do it for your dogs? Yeah. And I've had clients that use their old above ground swimming pool as a you don't have to do this right right but i went to their house afterwards and the guy had a post just a hand post hole digger and he would bury frozen kongs at all different levels oh so cool within the dirt and sand that he'd put in this pool yeah and all you see is dirt and sand flying oh, it's out. so cool he had a blue cattle dog but that's the extreme but yeah give him a little area put some you know um, two by sixes around, mm-hmm. bury stuff in it and show them, like make it really easy to start and they find it and go, wow, if I dig in here, you might want to put some slanted boards so mm-hmm. the dirt slides back yeah. in <laughs> so that you happen to go around and shovel it all back in. Um, but I do that with my chickens. I have car tyres. Oh, that's a good idea. And when they fluff up the dirt, uh-huh. it just slides back in. That's smart. Yeah, it is very smart. So. Yeah, you could throw milk bones or something in yep, the dirt. Anything like, like that. Yep. Because then to make to make them go to that area. Yep. Right. And then they're also using their nose. So mm-hmm. they're using the olfactory. So it's mm-hmm. another stimulating, enriching mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah. So it gives them something to do. Yeah. Right. So now we've got two things we're dealing with naturally mm-hmm. scenting and digging. Yep. And in the right place. Right. And believe it or not, after doing that, probably. For a week or so, you can start removing your deterrents because that's the fun place. What do I get for digging in the veggie garden? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Or near the veggie garden? Nothing. Or I can't do it. And I get everything for digging over here. Then you can, you know, reduce it back a bit. You know, you don't have to put as many items or as many things or as often. But the animal learns, and I say animal because I do it for different species. Right. This is where I dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is my fun digging spot. Right. This so, is where I get something. I find yeah. something. I yeah. Yeah, it's, and if it's a spot that they're digging to be cool, well, maybe give them some kind of shade somewhere. Yeah. Or you know. Yep. 
over Perfect. the over the digging spot. So that's where they go yeah. to do it. You know, and a lot of us, you know, ask these questions because we care, or mm-hmm. it may be a problem. But again, if it's not a problem, right? But then, okay, let's get a shade sale for them mm-hmm. over their digging pit, and it's a win-win, right? You know, just that little bit. Or move the digging spot to where it has shade, and exactly. they can dig a hole and lie in it, and it's great. Right? Yeah. So, so it kind of goes along to me, small step to separation anxiety, and the reason I say that is, my Irish setter, who's now two and a half, still has separation anxiety problems. So, yep. I cannot. I can leave my Bernie's Mountain Dog Jacks out; he's good to go. My Irish setter, I literally have to put in a kennel still. Or she will tear my house apart. Mm-hmm. So this is so common with it dogs, is, isn't and it? we get lots of questions like, about this. Yes. More common now, I feel like. Yep. COVID changed things too. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah, because it's an anxiety-related behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, really, only a veterinary behaviorist can die. It, separation anxiety is a diagnosis. Because mm-hmm. um, we have separation issues, and then we have separation anxiety. True anxiety. True anxiety. Yeah. Um, pretty much those of us with experience mm-hmm. know it. Right. Um, but I always say they have a separation issue mm-hmm. and depending on severity. And again, at um, Cassandra and the team at Animal Rescue League, actually we developed, and they were the brains behind it all, I just had the idea, <laughs> but severity levels. Yeah. And you can talk through levels with them like, and that's how you sort of start to see how severe it is. And you've got the severe is when they're physically hurting themselves or property. Mm-hmm. And that's where you will need a behaviorist intervention. Because yeah. it's not just a program and something you can change out because it's it's true, true anxiety. Right. And the telltale signs for that are they normally destroy and break teeth or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but they'll do it at the window and the doorways where you leave. Mm-hmm. Now, on the website at ARL, www.arl-iowa.org, <laughs> there are worksheets for separation issues and yes. separation anxiety. And it's all about departures because we're creatures of habit as well. We mm-hmm. put our keys in the same spot. We have mm-hmm. set times and that actually starts to make them anxious. Mm-hmm. So you can do little things on the weekend or when you're at home or take a week off. I know that sounds – but it's cheaper than your sofa. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's so true. See, it kind <laughs> of makes so me true. wonder if you t- when you talk about levels, like uh, Remy doesn't do it on doors and w- or by doors and windows. She's, yeah. You know, she just like – it's almost like she takes an advantage to grab a pair of shoes. Because you're not there. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, is that separation anxiety when you when you? It's anxiety. It definitely. is anxiety. Yep. But uh, shoes, I look at. They smell like you. Yeah. They chew, and guess what's another dopamine releaser? Mm-hmm. Chewing. Chewing. Mm-hmm. So, like, people chew their nails. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. mean they're going to lose the plot and hurt somebody. Right. But it makes them feel a, better. Yeah, it's a coping mechanism. Right. So, to me, that's a coping mechanism. So, what could we do? to give them something other than your shoes right? in that context. And then you leave for like, go and put the, the I was going to say rubbish bins, trash bins out. 
but then you're back and you remove the Kong and they're like, oh, man, you've only been gone two minutes. Yeah. Mm. But, again, if they're too anxious, they won't eat. So you have to start looking at the severity and what, you know, because the digestive system shuts down. We went over that before. So you start looking at doing programs. You know, I've had client, wonderful, wonderful client that I remember still. Her dog would dig a hole through a sofa Mm. when she went to work. We got to a point where she would get up, have a shower and not go to work, put a suit Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. and the dog – and this is how much they know us. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't do it if she was in a sweat and went Mm -hmm. shopping Mm -hmm. because the dog knew she was going to come back within an hour or so. Quicker, yeah. So she started getting up, getting ready for work and staying home. Mm -hmm. And then she would take her week of suits to work and go in a sweats and do slow depart, you know, short departures and coming back. It ended up all working. Yeah. And we did natural remedies as well. And there's um, feel there's feel away for cats and there's dap for dogs. I think it's under a new name now. Da- yeah. The dog appeasement pheromone. Yes. Anyway. Yes. And you can do wall plugs or you can spray their beds with mm-hmm. them. And it's like the true aromatherapy is not aromatherapy it's hormone therapy mm-hmm. i can hear a cat i know once in it's benny's benny we're benny. gonna have to let him just because it's your birthday benny <laughs> yes um so yeah there's lots to look at always talk to a professional do not punish right because um, that will just make it worse yeah if you're anxious and someone gets upset with you Gee, that helps you calm down. Right, right. <laughs> Not at all. Anything anxiety-related, well, I don't use punishers anyway. Right. I don't use physical or verbal punishers at all. Well, I mean, you don't – there's no reason to. You don't have to. No. And the thing is, by the time you said no, go away, you know, I think some dogs, they think their name is no. Right. <laughs> they said so right. often. Um, and I'm being lucky enough and still now work exotic animals – you can't tell a giraffe no and back off. It's, <laughs> right. You know, you have to teach it what you want it to do. Right. Same as you teach your children what you want them to do. That's right. Hey, buddy. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> patting Benny here. No, he's, he's – everybody knows who he is. Yeah. So um, – No, but, you bring up a very good point about <clears throat> So I've saying, gone on off a different tangent. No, there, no. But, no, it's, no, it's, it's all, great info. Yeah, it's all very good info. When and I learned this from you when um, I was teaching puppy classes at the ARL, and it's because everybody's so quick to to use the word no. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to not say that word at very. all when you're yep. training uh, any animal for that matter, um, because one they don't know English. None of them mm-hmm. know English. They don't know what no means. So to your point, they think their name is no because they hear it so <laughs> they often. Look at you. Yep. Right. Or they're doing something and you say no and and then you may do something, right? You may go over and, and grab them and take them away from the situation if if you can. But that in their mind, that's all reward, right? They're getting some kind of reaction from you and getting some kind of attention. Um, so yep. when you stop saying the word no and instead Show them what you want them to there do. There you go, Dan. Well done. Then you're you're literally training their brain yep. to do the thing that you want them to do, and you're ignoring yep. what they're actually doing. Again, if your kids were drawing on the wall, mm-hmm. would you just say no and then forget it? Right. No. Exactly. No. No. Right. But that's what we do with pets. Right. Instead, they go, please don't draw on the wall. Mm-hmm. 
I would like you to do this. Good job. And we do exactly that. So right. it's the same analogy. Yeah. So the dog, please don't interrupt, redirect. Right. You know, some people use the no as a as a interrupter. Which is fine as long as you follow it up with something. Correct. Right? Yeah. I purposely took it out of my truck training vocabulary mm -hmm. so i wasn't teaching people no for one right but i was working exotics at the time mm -hmm. and for two years i couldn't use no mm -hmm. well i didn't use no yeah i was used working seals and dolphins because they don't care right <laughs> and then i went well why am i using it with dogs right any animal yeah yeah i'm it's like a very good point. okay throw that one out right yeah it's a good point i mean really only because we can it's the only reason we do it right and we're so used to it it, well, that's what it really Humans is. Humans love just, saying no. Right. A knee-jerk reaction <laughs> to whatever you don't want around yep. you or whatever, right? Yeah. 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 That was... Easier said than done. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard. It's yeah. really hard not to do it. Yeah. But I consciously went, I'm not going to say that word again. Yes. And when when you think about it, to your point, consciously thinking about it, it's much... And even if you say it, okay, fine. But you realize, okay, I'm not supposed to say that. Yeah. And so you like start catching yourself in the middle of saying it or like right before you say it. Uh-huh. But when you when you do that and you can actually um redirect, show the dog or animal for that matter what you want them to do, yep. and then they actually do it, then you're getting a reward. Yep. And you'll do it more. Right. Yeah. Right. Because then you're like, oh, that actually worked. And the animal has to think. And when you think, you learn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like a lot of us are doing learners. Right. But if we don't teach them, how we expect them to know exactly. or learn? Exactly. We haven't given them the opportunity. Right. You know, someone hit me with a stick. <laughs> not literally. Right. But you know what I mean? But you would fight back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And doesn't teach me what you want me to do. I'm right. just trying to avoid everything that I think you exactly. want me then to. Then you shut down. Yeah. Right. And then you become a bite. problem. Right. Or, or you or bite. bite. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or if you're a seal, you take take them out, right? Oh, they'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. But to get back to separation yes. anxiety, you Sorry. made no, it's this is good because you only because I know this, I heard the points that you were making in there, but to kind of hit it home, so to speak, for the Please. people that are listening. When you were talking about um the woman that you had worked with, uh putting on her sweats. And, and not doing anything or putting on her work clothes and not doing anything. Yeah. The point of that is because the routine starts, to your point. The animal animals, yeah. they're with us 24-7, mm -hmm. and they pick up on these cues. Even if we don't realize it, they do. The sound of your keys. when Your you get alarm your, clock. Your alarm clock. Anything. Right. And then when that happens, then you do something else. Then you leave, and that's yep. what they don't like, right? Yeah. So when um, – and I, we've talked about this, Carol and I have before, um, during COVID, and then I started working from home, so I, I never left, right? Yep. And I would put clothes on, obviously, every morning, <laughs> but they were like gym shorts and a T-shirt, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, and so I would stay home. And uh, – but – and then I sometimes would leave, run to the store, you know, whatever, but I – started noticing that when I put on jeans, my dog didn't like it. Yeah. And, and I could tell she didn't yep. like it. And she, because she knew that I was going to leave and I was probably going to be gone for a while. So it's amazing what they 
pick up very on. much. Yeah, nice they're thing. super observant. Oh yeah, and it's because they have to be right yeah, naturally. That's how they, they have communicate to communicate. Right. Learn. So if you if your dog does have separation issues, break up your routine mm-hmm. if you can. Um, to your point, if you uh, you know put put your keys in a different spot if you can. Put them in your if you have a garage. Put them in your garage so yeah. that they can't even hear it. Right. Here's the hard part. That same lady also had anxiety issues and had very much um, set behaviors she had to do. Ah, yes. So it was very interesting. Um, she was working with a human person. Right. And I was working <laughs> with a dog, but that she could understand it. Uh huh. That what her dog was going through because she actually went through it. Right. So sometimes, like we talk about being trainers, we have to. We're actually training people more than the animals. That's what I was just going to yeah. say too. Plus, we always say that. I think yep. it's hard for humans. I've tried to do that, like change up what. You're not a creature of habit, Carol. Right, at not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but humans can be creatures of habit. Oh, oh yeah. So it's really hard to even, like, I've deliberately thought, okay, I'll do that in this order. But they're still seeing me make the same hand mm-hmm. movements and uh-huh. go to the same places, even if Your they're in a different order. In the garage, it's exactly. in the same spot. Exactly. exactly. Yep. So we can change some things. We can't change all things. And two dogs, you know, I also had a client that, seeing we're going down this road, came to me and I actually, the dog was in such distress when they left. Um, One of the options was humane Mm -hmm. euthanasia because, you know, part of our life is not to live in terror. Right. Not let an animal live in terror. Right. And it was in terror. Yeah, that's not fair. It fell off the back seat. They had a station wagon, fell off the back seat. By the time they pulled over, it dug a hole through the back seat. Oh, my wow. word. The couple had never been on holidays for 12 years together. They worked opposite shifts. This is how dedicated. Mm. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine living like that. Right. They came and saw me once the dog passed away and they had to learn to live together again. Uh, they were like, now can you help us? <laughs> I said, no, that's not my job. But because we'd worked together and tried so much, they just wanted to let me know. And right. they were thanking me for the work we'd all, we'd all done because, right. you know, I can only – it's like going to the gym. Having an, you know, you can, you can pay and have a trainer at the gym, but what work you do at the end of the day is right. up to us. That's right. Same with being a pet owner. Mm-hmm. The thing is with that, you got to kind of wonder – sometimes I've – thought if I am really stressed out over something that my animals, mm-hmm. my pets pick up on that. So you kind of have to wonder in that situation, was the dog as bad or getting worse? I mean, that had to be stressful to live totally separate lives just yep. for the point of the dog, you and, know. And age changes too. Right. My dog has got a lot worse as she's got older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I say worse because I can manage it. Right. Mm-hmm. She's a resource guarder. She's... Sleeps with her eyes open. She is just one strange little dog. <laughs> mean old lady. <laughs> Bubbles is her name. <laughs> Hello, Bubbles. Um, Love you. But she will bite you. She will, you know. She I, has her issues, <laughs> but she's she's my dog and they're my issues and she's good with people. Yeah. But it took me seven dogs for her to live with another dog. Mm. You know, she told me that wasn't happy. <laughs> and, you know, there's all – and as she's got older, these have become more sensitive issues. But I'm aware of it and I manage it. And long as no one is at harm and she is not 
emotionally at harm. She's got health issues as well. She's an English bulldog and she's 10. Yeah, yeah. I've got another one that's 11 <laughs> and that's okay. Right. So, you know. Yet, she's lucky she lives with you. Yeah. I mean, I say that yeah. not flippantly. I mean, no, that's a lot for a normal well, yeah. person who's just trying to have a dog. Right. right. No. We know if we drop food in the house, we have to be super quick so we don't cause a dog fight because yep. you, if another dog comes over, you know, we have we have baby gates up. We just but we're okay. we choose to live like that. Right. You know, and I don't expect others to do that same. Yeah. So some, everybody has their threshold. Yeah. Right. And I've had my threshold with some and I do this for a living. Right. And people say, Well, how could how could you do that? But the animal wasn't happy. Right. Mm-hmm. The animal mm-hmm. was in such distress and it wasn't the animal's fault. You know, it was a come from a horrible, horrible situation and, and yeah. there's emotional damage. Right. And physical damage and everything that comes along with that. And we tried, we made your life better, but it's still not a good life. Right. You know? yep. So is that yep. fair? Right. Yeah, so. you really have to uh, really ask yourself questions and approach it to how can I get help? Yep. Because we need to make sure the animal, the pet in our lives are as happy as we can make them. Yep. Hopefully, you yep. know. Yeah, and so. within reason too, yeah, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah, you have to have a line somewhere. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm getting at. We're going to yeah. take another break. We come back, we've probably got a time for one more for yeah. Mick and we're going to definitely bring him back for some future a podcast shows with yes. us too. So we're going to take a break. We come back uh, and we'll be having some more fun here. We'll All be back right. in a minute. Did you know that most lost pets are found within miles of their homes? If you find a lost pet, the best way to make sure they're reunited with their family is taking them to the right place. If you find a lost pet in the city of Des Moines, take them to ARL Animal Services at 1441 Harriet Street. Head to arl-iowa.org reunite DSM to learn more. Welcome back. We're back with the For Love of Animals podcast. And we actually have our pod cat, Benny, in here with us as well. So his banging on the door has gotten him <laughs> he in totally here. Was. So, yes. And now he's sprawled out on the table. Yeah. Now he's <laughs> over by Mick and he was laying in the big, huge dog bed that I actually have for my dog, Jax, when he comes in with us. So, yes. And he almost fills it. And he almost fills <laughs> it. That tells you anything. Jax is like, it's 80 pounds. So, I'm doing my pet therapy. You're right. Pa- exactly. Nice. Exactly. Nice. Cat Pat the care exactly. He loves it. So, so do I. upcoming <laughs> fun events. We have our Raise Your Paw auction, which is coming up on April 20th at the Meadows at Prairie yeah, Meadows. Going to be here before you know it. Tickets are on well, sale. Yep. We're already selling tickets. Get your tickets before we sell out. It always sells out. And mm-hmm. it's just going to be really cool. So lots of good stuff. If you're um, listening and you have um, a new item you would like to donate or would like to get an item. They're great for businesses to promote their business even. Mm-hmm. Be sure and reach out. Let us know. wwwarl iowa yeah, We'll take it, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you, you've already been doing some pickups. So uh, yeah, as I have. have. I. So yeah. uh, thank you for everyone who's contributing. We're looking for new items and we're looking for wine and whiskey for our wine and whiskey wall. Yes. So, but prior My to that, favorite your favorite right. wall. I know, exactly. <laughs> the whiskey uh, <laughs> On February 22nd, we have our basket party. Yes. Uh, so be sure and get signed up for that. So get with some friends. You can do it by yourself or you can do it with a bunch of friends. Come up with a basket idea. 
you all bring stuff for the basket. We'll have the baskets uh, with us that you you can bring a basket if you want, but we'll have baskets if you want. Yeah, don't let that be a hindrance. Yeah, don't let that right? be a hindrance. It's at the ARL main location, 5452 Northeast 22nd Street. we got free pizza. You can go in for a chance to win free tickets to the auction. But that's February 22nd. Be sure and check out information on our website. I know you and I are doing a basket i got some friends i'm doing a basket with i love creative ideas and if you if you're looking for ideas we've actually got those on our website also yeah so and if that if that's how you want to do it it you know it says the price there and if yeah you can order that and then let somebody else go run all the errands and get the stuff to do it exactly so but then you're still participating right yeah yeah it makes it very easy we usually get anywhere from 25 to 35 baskets put together and donated Mm -hmm. all of them go into the auction all of them get auctioned off in our silent or live auction and all that money goes back to help the pets at the ARL. Yeah. And people love doing it. Win-win. Um, February 25th uh, from 4.45 to 8 and February 27th from 4 to 8. Well, that's weird. Um, is a spaghetti and Nawal's dinner at <laughs> Opa Italian. <laughs> yes. I know. <laughs> we had some fun with that uh, last week when we were talking about it, but it's, it's a fun dinner. You go have dinner and most almost all of the proceeds actually a good portion of them go back to uh spay neuter programs at the arl which you and i talk about all the time i think that's the most important thing that shelters can focus on to help control the pet population um so check that out it's always a a a big hit every single year and a huge thank you to opa who does that for us agree huge yeah uh agree it's a good time good time yeah it's fun and great food yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong there. Right, exactly. So, Mick. Yes. Uh, another common question we get a lot of is chewing. Mm-hmm. My dog is chewing. They're chewing my shoes. They're chewing. How do I make let them not chew? And the one I kind of feel bad for dogs on is they'll say they grab my kids' stuffed animals and they they chew on those. Um, but I accidentally muted you. I'm sorry. <laughs> really? <laughs> and where is the little button that we need to push? Did you? How much was well, muted? How I'm, much was muted? Not very much. Talk about chewing. Yes, chewing. the dog. When the dog goes to my kids' shoes. Yeah, well, or the, but what kids' oh, toys or shoes? I kind of feel sorry for him. It's like yeah. the kids have stuffed animals. Yeah. And people go, well, they get my kids' stuffed animals and not theirs. But a lot of those. Soft toys look like stuffed animals, so they probably think it's their toy. Anyway, Mick, what do we do about chewing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to sound like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. Well, and that's it, the beauty about this is when you talk about it, you see a pattern. Yeah. Right? Animal training or animal teaching is a science. Mm-hmm. Same as the science of teaching people or teaching children or anything else. And, yeah, there's th- fundamentals. Mm-hmm. To learning. Right. No matter what animal, whether you walk upright mm-hmm. or you slide along the ground. I just saw actually um, a zoo is target training a snake. Oh my God, I love it. I love that. So they can. As long as the do... target isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, and they're getting the head of the snake to touch a disc uh-huh. so they can examine it. Yeah. See, I, literally it's... anything with a brainstem you can train. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. chewing. I'll another tangent. Yes. Chewing. Right. So how do um, we get them on chewing? Yes. Uh, again, try not to let them, but you've got to the inappropriate items, but you've got children and good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right, because they leave everything everywhere. Yeah. Right. 
So teach them what you want them to chew. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying teach and it's a, it's not a, it's work. It's shouldn't say work. It's part of being a pet owner. Yes. Yep. You know, you can't be I always look at it then if you don't don't tell me what you don't want, tell me what you do want. Right. Well, I don't want him to do that. Then what do you want? I want him to chew those. Okay, then let's get that on board. Right. Same as the digging. You make the other items more fun. And what do you get for that one? Nothing. And what do you get for chewing this one? Everything. So mm-hmm. there's appropriate dog chewing toys, you know. Yeah. Um, Nyla bones, people, you know, you got to be careful to what your age of your dog and the teeth condition. Right. So talk to your veterinarian, see what they recommend. But when I use the Nyla bones, I go out to the shed for garage first and drill holes in it. So then when I fill it with peanut butter. Oh, that's so smart. It's inside the toy. Very smart. And then it takes longer. Yes. So there are dogs that will steal toys to get you to chase them (laughs) and get, you know. I have had. It becomes the game. Becomes a game. So you also want to teach your dog to transfer out. So take a toy, give a toy. Mm -hmm. If you try and compete or pull the toy out of their mouth, they will generally compete back. Right, then it's a tug. Yeah, it's a fun game. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? And now I've engaged you in play on my terms, says right. the dog. Right. So always teach your dogs to transfer out. Um, one, because then you just give and you'll get a bonus treat. And now that I've give, got that back, here have this. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep coming up with clients and stories, but they stay with me. Like, right. Because I've had some extreme ones. I worked with a family and their husky and the husky would sit and watch them, whatever they handled the most. And so we'd put certain things out of reach. <laughs> so it would sit and watch the next thing. And it was the TV remote. Uh-huh. And one of the family members was a smoker. Uh. And it would actually pick items that they interacted with and take those to get the attention and interact. So what we need to do is... Here's your toys. Mm-hmm. They're fun. Even play games with them. Right. You know, some dogs want to interact and want to play. Mm-hmm. So as long as it's with the right things. Yeah. And if we can keep those things away, you know, I have a toy box and one of my dogs will go and pick toys out of that box. But I also have to make sure she doesn't go and take toys when my other dog's Mm. Bubbles is around because <laughs> she's a resource guarder and she'll caught, you know, right. she will defend her items. Right. So I have to make sure I pick things up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can also tell Bubbles to give and she will because I've taught her to transfer. Right. But if I walk up and go to grab something off her, she will bite me. Mm-hmm. She's a resource guarder along with all the other things. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, trainers and their dogs. Right, (laughs) right, Um, right. But chewing is also a natural behavior. Right, and like you said earlier, it releases the dopamine, so they just keep doing it. It feels good. Right. So is it chewing because of a game? Is it chewing because it's stressed? Is it chewing just because it wants to chew? Right. You know, Um and, and it feels good. You see dogs go and exactly. grab a toy and just nom, nom, right. So I'm using, but that's yeah. what it's like nom, 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 <laughs> right. nom, over and over. And you can hear, it. and it's like, okay. Yeah. So that's you, what you want to do. Right. And you want 
in my opinion, when you have an animal, you want to allow them to do things that are natural, chewing, yeah. digging, barking, yada, yada. So, and sometimes I've even heard where, uh, you know, the, the dog could have tons of toys, yeah. but it still chooses like one or two very specific toys that the, the kids have. And it's because of the noise that the toys make. There's other stimuli. There's something right. that make them the best. And Carol, to add to that, something Carol mentioned before, she rotates her toys. Exactly. So they don't get bored with them. They'll get bored, yeah. You bring, say, I always used to tell people get seven toys mm-hmm. or 14 toys. Right. It's like, why are you working in sevens? <laughs> Seven days a week. Yep. Change them out. If you don't change them, like change them every day, change them this batch for the other batch right. in a week. Mm-hmm. And it's like the kids, you can bring out a toy they haven't seen for six months and they're like, oh, my God, and they play with it and they get bored. For an hour. Yeah, yeah exactly. Animals are the same. That's exactly right. So you do that as well. Yeah. And, and they will have favorites. Right. They and a lot favorites. of times sure. people will yeah. get, uh, you know, all the Kong toys. So they're, you know, the hard rubber toys yeah. or the, or Nyla bones or whatever. But the dogs are going after the stuffed animals and this. And it's like, okay, we'll give them stuffed animal toys. Clearly that's what they're wanting. Yep. With supervision. Well, yeah, because they shred and yeah. de-stuff them and everything Although, else. to your point, Mick, which is they do have their favorites yes. toys because uh, my Irish setter, who has, I'm not kidding, probably has 100 stuffed toys. <laughs> Surprising. Never, never, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Never choose one up, loves them, yep. everything, but she does have her favorites, and she has a, a possum that's one of those flat ones that yep. no stuffing inside, and she will carry that around. She left it outside the other day, and I couldn't figure out. She was fretting. She was pacing. She kept going to the door. I'm like, what is the problem? <laughs> Finally, I let her out, and she goes out. It had been snowing, and she's digging. And I'm like, what are you digging? And she, it was the opossum. Yeah. I mean, it's like they have yeah. their favorites, and they know where they're at. And Bubbles, for example, loves ripping toys apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't do it all the time, but occasionally we buy a one just to go to town. Right. Yep. Yeah. Just let them do it. Just Get it for out of fun. their system. Yep. And I just we watch her, and she enjoys it. And yep. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so right. Love it. Lots of different reasons, but fundamentally, feels good. Have fun. It can be a coping mechanism. It mm-hmm. can be a comfy toy. Right. So there's lots of different reasons. It's like the kid that carries around the blanket, you know, 15, and it it was the baby blanket. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just a cool poncho. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Linus. Like Linus. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Mick, for all this info. It's, it's, I love listening to it. Um, But the, I'm going to talk about the other thing that you taught me really quick. And we don't even have to elaborate because there's really nothing to elaborate on. But, you know, people, when they ask behavior questions, mm-hmm. they're like, well, how long do I have to do it? Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I <laughs> will, yes, I'll never forget is you saying it takes as long as it takes. Correct. You can't say, oh, you can show your dog one time and it's the problem's going to go away. Or you may have to show your dog 5,000 times before yep. the problem goes away. Um, but you can't gauge that upon the animal because to your point, every animal is an individual some will get it after the first try. Yep. Some will never get it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's our, I consider that our responsibility. Yeah. As a pet owner, let's give it a shot. Yep. And then the other thing, Carol and I have talked about this a lot, is managing the dog's behavior mm-hmm. or animal's behavior, right? So you had mentioned earlier about 
moving the the rubbish bin, yeah. <laughs> the the garbage pail. Like if your dog gets in the garbage, well then put the garbage where the dog can't get it. Yeah. Right. Lock, or lock the clo- pantry or whatever right. it is. Close the blinds so they can't see the postman. Yep. Or put the baby gate up or do this. So there are things that we can do that are, in my opinion, very easy to help alleviate some of the behaviors that dogs display that we don't want. And we you if we also put ourselves in the animal's position, mm-hmm. like if you don't like spiders, you don't like feeling that way. Right. The postman, post person, <laughs> the post person could be that animal's spiders. Right. So why do we want them to feel that way? Exactly. All because we don't want to shut the blinds? Well, then we have to figure something out. Right. Because they're doing it for a reason. Right. Yeah. And if, if you, to your point, if you're not home, close the blinds. You, yeah. You're not looking out the blinds anyway. Right. Yeah, Bubbles learned to open them and sit on the back of the sofa. But that's another story. That's, a, that's next time. Oh, Thank you Bubbles. so much, Mick, so much for being here. We're definitely going to have you back. We it got was fun. A lot more to talk about. Really appreciate you being here, and it's great to have you back. Miss you us. both. So, miss you too. Yeah, so, ditto. Um, Groundhog Day, February 2nd. Yes. Um, a lot of you know people say woodchucks and groundhogs are pretty much the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. Same thing. So they're two different names, just depending on kind of maybe where you grew up and how you did. But average lifespan in the wild is three to four years. Um, so not very long, but they're sure adorable. So yeah. You... And what what is Puck's Tony Phil? Is that yes. his name? Okay. Should he see his shadow or should he not see I the can't shadow? Remember. The lady at the DOT. Hey, look at me. I'm not American. I... <laughs> it still confuses I, mean, I me. am, and I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if he sees his shadow, it's six more weeks of winter, right? Okay, then that's, we don't. It better be cloudy. Is that right? I don't I, know. I don't know either. The lady at the DOT asked me today, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, I stopped listening a long time ago when I realized <laughs> it didn't matter if he saw his shadow or not. It's February in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yes, yeah, so here we go. We were right. If a groundhog emerges from its burrow on that day okay. and sees its shadow, it's going to retreat to the den, to its den, and winter will go on for six more weeks. No. So we were right. So if he doesn't see a shadow. If he sees his shadow, six more weeks. If he doesn't see his shadow, it won't be six more weeks of winter. So that means winter will be over on well, February second. I, I don't think it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where you're going with I that. Know. In just, my mind, it's going to it's be over. It's just saying if it doesn't see a shadow, spring supposedly will arrive early. Okay, got it. That's the gist. Of okay, it. so there you go. We're right. I'll allow it. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining us. It's been fun. It's been very fun. Thank you for joining us this week. Yes. And uh, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. We'll be back next week. Pop forward. Don't forget, pour it forward. That's right. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. The ARL's newest adoption center is open. ARL Animal Services at 1441 Harriet Street is full of amazing dogs and cats looking for families. You can see all of our available pets at arl-iowa.org. If you see ARL Animal Services under a pet's name, they're at the new adoption center.